This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome to Seagull Social, Season 3, Episode 27. Somber as fuck that was. It's so <laughs> I did it on purpose, but I tell you what, it's really, it's really, it's really deflating. Like, yeah, to go to Sellers yesterday, my voice is still a little bit des- destroyed because uh, you just want, you just don't want to lose or draw your rival games that like we have again. And it does feel like a loss, mate, to be fair. Anyway, before we get into the game, obviously, we are joined with Ben, but not Maz, because Maz no, is had a haircut. But we, <laughs> but we have got Adam from Seagull Central. So, Adam, mate, how, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed. I went to bed annoyed. I've woken up really just <laughs> it's annoyed. And like, it, it's, it's annoying because I'm trying to say it in the context of like, times are good and we shouldn't, we should be happy, yeah. but like, it is annoying. <laughs> Yeah, that's no, so Yeah, Ben. Um, and yes, uh, it was just miserable. I feel miserable as well. Woke up 10 minutes ago. I've had a coffee, so hopefully I'll perk up later in the episode. Um, I was just telling Adam off there. I was like, normally this is a well, well-oiled machine, but it's not today. <laughs> it's definitely no. not. It's but I think we can get away with it because it was a horrendous, <laughs> episode, a horrendous result. So yeah, think, It's, it's one of those where you episode. wake up on a Sunday after it. A pretty rubbish result. Like, I know we got a point, but a draw basically doesn't matter in a rival game in my books. It's a cup Mm. final. You want to win. And if you lose, you lose and you you get over it a bit, probably a bit quicker than a draw where they just didn't even have a kick in the game, to be honest. I mean, it was a complete mismatch between two football sides. Even Palace fans were were agreeing, saying this was complete daylight robbery. All Palace fans that I know personally were like, how on earth? This ended as a draw is beyond me. But before we Such get into the goal, result. <laughs> so bright. We thought we thought we were a different team in the, the build up. We were like, we're a different team now. We'll handle it fine. But no, yeah. it's the same. It's the same what, classic, Brian. Yeah. What did you guys um, think? Because like, I went into it thinking like I kind of just had no expectations. I was like, yeah, yeah. we're we're better than them. Yeah, we will batter them. But like, we just probably won't win. I just sort of <laughs> yeah. had that feeling. Pretty much. I don't yeah, know what yeah, Ben, go on. What, what are you thinking okay. before the game, mate? I was I was toying with many different results. It was either like 3-1 Palace, and then a second later I'd be thinking, oh yeah, but we'll probably dominate, maybe get a couple of goals, and they won't, and it might, might be 2-0 Brighton. I was just swaying, and then eventually I just gave a score prediction of 2-0 Brighton, which mm. obviously is laughable now. Um, but we <laughs> yeah. did, like you said, we did dominate, and it's just it was just typical. It was just uh, us yeah. against Palace. They somehow just get a lucky... A lucky, maybe it wasn't luck because it was a big, big mistake from Sanchez. Yeah, it's a big mistake. Um, he obviously had one all in the, in some sort of bet that he was doing <laughs> because I, it was. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know what he was thinking because it no. didn't look like he tried to catch it. It looked like he tried to like hit it against the floor. To he then sort of catch just flapped it. it a little bit. And yeah, then, yeah, just sort of. But it looked so simple. Hands. Yeah, I'm not a goalkeeper, but that looks that looked like. Something you do in the training. Well, the training you see Sanchez go up for those balls, and most of the time he does win them. To be fair, it's one thing he is good at is claiming it. I mean, uh, to be fair, it happened. I think at, at Leicester, wasn't it? Uh, like a couple of years ago, it sort of went through his hands. I think it was a Marty. Oh yeah. So you know, we've had a Marty and Tompkins <laughs> prosper against Brighton yeah. in the most obscure ways. I mean, Adam, what what do you sort of make of you know? Obviously, before the game, you're saying this should be 
a win, but you don't think it's going to be a win. I was pretty much the same. But then once yeah. we started playing, it was a bit like, we can't lose, isn't it? A hundred percent. I remember looking at the... So I wasn't able to get to the game um, and I was watching it. And I remember looking at the clock at like 20 minutes and just thinking like, we're all over them. Like, yeah. this just looks... This is this is good. This is fine. I remember yeah. so, I thinking mm. Solly March is having a great game. Just looking out yeah. thinking, this is... Alexis McAllister getting into those little pockets. We were just looking completely completely in control of the game yeah. as we always do and I thought maybe like they might start brightly but they didn't and I think you know we're gonna, I'm sure we're going to have a conversation about the disallowed goal and you know mm. Sanchez later on but like I think on another day like, at the end of the day Deserbi said you know there was only one team on the pitch Patrick Vieira was very complimentary at the end of the game saying that Brighton were basically brilliant um <sighs> But it's just that's what happens in these kind of games, isn't it? Like, yeah, no, you know, they, you. Palace do what Palace doesn't help. Do. I think they're just it doesn't very help, resolute. Does it? Patrick yeah. Vieira saying back into that. The, yeah, if you look back into the not so distant past when we went to Sellers Park in 2021, and it was that Mopay moment in the 95th yeah. minute. It was a one-all draw, and we celebrated it like crazy. I see why the Palace fans are now taking the mick out of us for <laughs> celebrating that draw. But at the same time, never. Yeah, it was, it was the totally best draw different. ever. <laughs> I saw a Palace fan say, why, why do you let it drop about Sanchez? Yeah, oh, no. So, I was like, so triggered. Yeah, oh, I was that, like, do you know what? Fair. <laughs> that could be the podcast title, actually. I'm so glad you said that because I was struggling for a pod title. Why do you let it drop? That's so but good. When I, when I think about that game, I think we were actually really poor. I think it was probably one of the worst games we played. We were on a really good run. We, they probably dominated us in that game. And yeah. we snatched the point off them. So it's funny how sort of the world works, isn't it? It comes back and it's the other way around. But I don't know. I think as soon as we started playing, you're right. I think we, we just dominated them. I think that McAllister was good. Caicedo was fantastic, I thought. Yeah, uh, probably brilliant. one of his best games for us. Stupinian as well was very good. But weirdly, we didn't really get to see too much of Mitoma, did we? I, I, no, I mean, leaving that on open. Yeah, naf- the thing... Well, maybe I wouldn't say Nathaniel Klein had him on lock because that would be <laughs> quite a super sweeping statement. But I think before before the match, we were saying how that's a complete mismatch and Matoma's going to have his have Nathaniel Klein's pants down for most of the game. Mm. But yeah, he was yeah for some reason just yeah kind of non-existent in the game. And mm. Solly March ended up being like the the better winger, which was quite surprising. He had a little like. Um... There was like one chance, I remember thinking. I think he played a little one-two with someone and he and we managed to like slice them open quite easily. He had a, a nice little shot and it was very Matoma-esque. Other yeah. than that, I don't really think, I don't remember thinking, because most games you watch Matoma, you just think, oh my days, you are just different gravy. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, at least I guess chances. these kind of games happen. 90% of the like... games, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. Yeah. the amount of times, like, uh, even towards the last sort of 10 minutes we were saying around us, like, Matoma hasn't done a lot, but you still fancy him to yeah. potentially nick something. Turn it on. But yeah. I, we had so many chances in that. I, do you know what? I might even start from the end and almost work back to the beginning because I want to just talk about the amount of chances that Alexis McAllister had because at the end of the game, he looked absolutely heartbroken. I mean, he, he didn't look like we had just drawn a game. It looked like we had been battered 5-0 and embarrassed by the way Alexis McAllister took it. And I think it's because he knew deep down the amount of chances that he had. I mean, if that was Undab, for example, I think you would be seeing a much different reaction on, on Twitter and social oh, media particularly. But McAllister, I mean, what's it? I think three or four big, big chances that just didn't get taken. When that happened, is that sort of the moment, Adam, where it was like, this just is not going to be our day? I, I think so. To be honest, from my perspective, as soon as they equalised, I just thought to myself, it's not going to be our day. Because yeah. I could just see Palace, like the tide changed a little bit and they didn't look that good, but they kind of, the momentum swung a little bit their way. For their atmosphere picked up a little that. bit as well, to be fair. The atmosphere built, exactly. And like, I think on McAllister, you know, I just, I've just sort of, I watched back match of the day this morning, and you know, lots of the shots he was having and that header at the end, it, mm. it, it almost looks like he kind of wasn't hitting, hitting them with like enough conviction. He wasn't getting yeah. like really nice, clean, clean kind of connections on the ball when he was. It kind of felt like, if I, I kind of looked at him, it felt like he was maybe playing within himself, kind of when he was taking mm. those chances. Like, who am I to really judge that? But that, I, yeah. I, I guess it's one of those things that players have off days and like. <sighs> <laughs> another day McAllister just would have banged that in the corner but like it, yeah, I, I, do I don't get know you why he didn't it looked like he was just trying to place some of most of the shots like yeah. in it, with a nice finish rather than just like 
hitting the ball into the back of the net, which is just just strike the ball as hard as you can. Mm. And then nine times out of 10, it's going to go in because, yeah, yeah, I think one of them, he just kind of tries to like place it and it just went straight into yeah. Gator's hands. Straight just like, into his hands. Anywhere else, it's just going to go in. I'm just looking yeah. at the stats now and it's just pissing me off again. I've just myself <laughs> like that. 70, okay, so this is the Premier League gap. 74% possession with seven shots on target and 17 shots in total. We we had over double of their touches as well. It, just, it was, was like those, it was like well. those stats from from like twenty was it twenty twenty mm-hmm. and twenty one where we had like forty five yeah. shots and three on target something like that, and yeah. they had three shots and maybe two on target. It's, it's like looking at that. It's pretty much just carried on. Mm. But I just hope this isn't going to be the way against Palace every time now. <laughs> we yeah. just we well, that's that's the frustration. Will it ever change? But that we could talk about it a bit. The thing is, we did have the ball in the back of the net thanks to Purvis to Pinyan. This is the bit where it's. This is the bit where I could probably lose my head on a podcast for probably the first time since the COVID year. Because honestly, (laughs) look right for for perspective. Right, the the goal if it was given. Right, there's still a whole game to go, and you know how Palace work. They probably would have scored anyway again, and you know there's no reason to say that that would have won us the game. But in hindsight. You know, obviously it's a one or draw. If that goal stands, it's 2-1. So by the letter of that, you know, we should have won mm. the game. I, I just don't get this. So the, the PGMOL, yeah, I said that right. <laughs> uh, if I said yeah, that right, they've come out and basically yeah. apologised. <laughs> they got it completely wrong and it was a human error by their own words of putting the line drawn to the wrong defender. It was on, I think, who was actually on? I think it was not on Gwehi, it was on it, someone else. It was on Anderson. Was it on Anderson? Oh, no, yeah, maybe Tompkins, yeah. Tompkins, I think yeah, it was Tompkins maybe, yeah. instead of Gwehi. Yeah. And, and they've given it as offside, but it wasn't offside and basically admitted that they're wrong. But the same sort of thing happened in Arsenal on the same day where Brentford scored, but it was offside and they just forgot to draw the line. What I just want to know. Um, I'm really trying to keep composure here. At what point How? does does someone start really seriously questioning the officials? I'll start with you, Ben. It's literally their job uh, is to to draw a line. There, most lads on a night out on Saturday can draw a better line with something else than yeah. Than them they have ten points, so they'll still they be able to. Yeah, literally. I don't understand how it's literally their job to put a line and it's not like it's not like they're drawing the line themselves they just have to like drag it it's like photoshop with the rulers coming down it's mm. like how would you how do you not see that that's the wrong person to put the line on unless they're that, that's that's a mistake you'd make when you're feeling under pressure but yeah. if you're a referee in that moment and you've got all the technology in front of you there should be no pressure because you've literally yeah. got everything in front of you to make the right decision how do you mm. cock that up it's nuts Adam, and there's like three on. of them sat in that bloody building in Stockley Park, sat there. They'd like, how, <laughs> yeah. how? Like, how was none of them gone? Oh, actually, mate, I think we might have got the line wrong here. Like, it's just, re- I, I think there's a number of things I want to say on this. One, I look on yeah, social on. media after VAR decisions and like, I, I never really get too bothered by VAR personally. Mm. I always listen to people and see other fans about VAR and I think, Oh, you know, VIR, this. If, if, if this had happened, that had happened, we'd have got this point. I was thinking, oh, whatever. But, but this, it's just like, <laughs> it's, I think it's completely unforgivable. It's like, you are yeah. literally, that is what you are paid to do. This is the <laughs> best league in the world. It's, it's not job. like you've kind of, you've made a call on a penalty that's not quite right. Or you've, you know, you've, you've spotted, you've, you've said something was a foul when it wasn't. This is like just textbook. You get flipping lines, line it up, and it's either onside or it's not. And to to draw the line on the wrong player, and and I think it's annoying as well because I think afterwards, I think Purvis actually looked genuinely. I looked at his face. He looked like actually quite crestfallen. He looked quite sad about it afterwards, which is like really kind of like not great either. It's just, yeah. it's piss poor. It's so bad. It was a good finish yeah. as well, wasn't it? And to have that taken away, like imagine getting your first goal in that, in that, that yeah. big of a game. And yeah. whilst we were thing, started Matt, so strongly. And it's a game that means so much to the fans. I mean, when that ball hit the back of the net, it was absolute chaos in that away end. Honestly, I've, I've oh, not man, seen I I chaos in that away end, in a Brighton away end in ages like that. I mean, it was, it was mental. And and to have that taken away with a wrong decision. I mean, look, 
VAR is there to to get the right decision, as we've been told so many stupid times over the last three, four years. But at what point do you start thinking, look, I'm so fed up of the same thing where it's like, it's not VAR, it's the officials using it. It might be, and I do agree with you at the same time. But at what point do you start pointing fingers at the fact that this is actually just wrong? I mean, if it's, if it's going to be so consistently wrong, then at what point do you just admit defeat with it? I mean, they won't because they've put too much money into it, but it's clearly not fit for purpose. And, and the officials are clearly not fit for purpose. As you say, Adam, it's the yeah, best it league is, in the it's world. It's the people doing it. It's, it's just, I just don't think, I, you know, if this was in any other job and if, say, for example, on Seagull Social, I came out Completely. with a brand new system and I said, look, guys, I think it's going to be a really good idea. We're going to start doing this segment on the podcast, blah, 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 blah. And every single time we did it, or, or, or say six out of 10 times we did it, it was a complete failure. Like we'd, we'd throw it away. Everyone would think about it and look at it and be like, boys, you need to drop this segment. It's rubbish. And we'd be like, no, no, we'll stick with it. We'll stick with it every single time. And at what point do you just say, look, we just, there's no point doing this because no one <laughs> yeah. likes it. Uh, you know what I mean? So mm. if it was in any other job, I mean, if, if I came out at any other job and said, sorry, I forgot to draw the line or I've put it on the wrong guy, I'm getting sacked <laughs> tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. When, when does it end? So my, I've got a friend who um, works or used to work in officiating and referee and stuff like that. And he, and this is the issue because the people at the top, are never going to really move. In fact, he said it's the politics. You can't imagine how crazy it is. People only mm. get these jobs at the top because of people that they know and worming their way into like being a Premier League referee. So and there are so many other unbelievable referees yeah. that just give up because they've got no chance of becoming a Mike Dean or a Michael Oliver because they're yeah. just all so clicky and they don't let anyone else come to the top, even though they're like literally the worst. So it's never really going to get better because the people aren't ever going to hold themselves accountable and leave and mm. put another actual decent referee. It's, it's just, yes, yeah, it's, it's all toxic at the top. So it, it's not going to yeah. change really, I don't think. It's also weird as well because I, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw, I think Neil Swarbrick was the re, the VAR guy and he's the head of VA bloody R. He's the head of VAR. <laughs> and he's the, he was the bloke doing the lines. It's oh, like, God. Yeah. do you know That's what I mean? Mad. It's just disgraceful. I didn't even know I, that. I think, you know... It, this league is the best league in the world. You should have the you have the best in class of players. You have the best in class of managers. You know everything. The broadcast, everything is like the referees. It should be the best in class. And mm. you, yeah. I guess the only the way you solve it is what happened in the World Cup with the old semi-automated offside. I think you have to take the human element out of the offside. It has to become like automated. You have to be getting you know the lines automatically done because. You can't rely on I mean, people the to get the money right they've got yeah. in that it, invested in this project. There should be easy, you know, sort of AI or whatever it is that they can do to program mm -hmm. that. That would just make it instant. Get like Chat this. GPT I mean, to do the offside thing. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that'll just, be the way it goes. <laughs> There has to be, because otherwise, as I said, at what point do you just start thinking, well, what's actually the point? Because, look, if, if we won this game, right, 3-0, th and, and, and Palace had this situation, as we've always been on this pod and on, on Twitter or whatever, I've always been very impartial and always said, look, I've always you know, try to balance it out regardless of whether it's benefited us or not. And look, at the, at the end of the day, right, there's a whole game ahead, as I've said, and, and that game would not have been determined as such if that goal did stand or not. Because as you as you rightly think, it's a Brighton Palace game. They could have scored from like Robert Sanchez's toenail about two week, two minutes later. So you don't know, right? But at the same time, there needs to be at, at some point, you know, I mean, I've seen that now that the club have accepted the apology and they won't push it any further, which <sighs> frustrating. How far can you push it? You're not good. They're not going to turn around and give us the three points, are they? That's the yeah. Thing. So this is the question I have for both of you boys. Well, compensation. You, Adam. Do you accept their apology? Um, I personally don't. Well, I don't know. I kind of do because it is a human error and like you can all make mistakes. I don't in the sense I just think in a professional organization that you know the best in class you shouldn't you shouldn't be allowing these things to happen. But I understand as well why the club have accepted the apology. I think 
you, you would risk you would risk a fine or something if you came out and refuted it and said that it was a disgrace or you know you'd probably risk a rematch yeah. as well i'd say yeah. i mean you know if you if you were to come out and say yeah we don't accept your apology we want to push this further then crystal palace are rightfully going to come out and say well if you're exactly. going to push it further then just play the game again because there's no way to conclusively say that would have won you the game which would never you know happen as well that's the thing mm. and it, yeah, so if anything if anything like it helped them get back into the games didn't it? it almost gave them a little bit of a kick up the arse palace i feel like that was mm-hmm. almost their yeah. best spell because i remember webster yeah. ended up having to make two unbelievable blocks because yes. they went a goal down and then they were like shit we actually let's fucking wake up here lads yeah and it, it's just mad like a wrong decision even influenced them to actually play well in the match which is just yeah something they failed to do for most of it yeah agreed with you um but to be fair that's actually a nice segment to be honest with you because adam webster was colossal that first half actually <laughs> and he was very very good to, to he was a little bit of a worry I, I like webster but you know he's been so sort of hit and miss with his injuries recently that you do worry about putting him in, in, into a game of this magnitude but i thought webster was was very good pretty much won every aerial duel there was to win and it was nice to see him and dunk back together as well as stupinian playing well um veltman was good as well i'd say probably our best sort of players were actually our defenders and midfielders because there's the same can't really be said for attackers but um adam was it was it good to see adam back <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for me, I I personally always feel most comfortable when I see, obviously, Lewis Dunk, but Webster and Veltman in a back back four slash back three. Um, Particularly Veltman, I just think think he's a class act. And I think with with Adam Webster, it's it's a shame, really, because this time, was it this time last year? Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm getting my time wrong, but we were talking about England and stuff not too long ago. Yeah, I think you're right. Goes on a run of getting injuries and he's in and out. And he obviously struggles with injuries. but I think he's a brilliant footballer when it comes to bringing the ball up from the back, you know, aerial duels. He, came, you know, we forget that he kind of came in when, you know, I was so used to watching Shane Duffy, the bloke who's, ne- I genuinely think I've never seen lose a header before in my life. And, you know, <laughs> he, he's he's come in and just been absolutely quality for us. And yesterday with that block, I think, you know, it showed, you know, he's, he's back to his best. You can rely on him in the big moments. Him and Dunk putting their bodies on the line as we're so used to seeing. Um, and I think that game yesterday, I think Deserby went went with the players he trusted the most. I think that's why you probably mm. saw Veltman at right back um, over someone like Lamptey and, and maybe um, Webster back in the back four, despite kind of doubts around illness or injury. Um, but yeah, colossal performance from Adam Webster. Um, and I was actually speaking last night to my brother and my dad about just Lewis Dunk again. Like it, it I, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> I've never really been, I've never like banged the drum too hard. I have with my mates, but on social media, I've never done it really. But like, it is, the more you think about it, it's actually a joke that he's only played once for England. Like it <laughs> no, is so just, con- just, just considering like the quality of centre-backs that, that, um, yeah, that England have. So like, well, that's a different conversation, but he's quality. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone was good. Yeah, agree. And, and Ben? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just good to see Adam Webster. I think we were so used to seeing a partnership at Brighton as a centre-back. And like you said, it was almost like our safety net having Shane Duffy and Lewis Dunk. So, it, And then we got used to that with Adam Webster and Lewis Dunk. And it was so nice yeah. to see like them two. Any, if you, any good team has a good centre-back pairing. And that's that's just the way it is. And yeah, any successful team, anyway, foundations of your team. It's, it's, it's what you need. And luckily for us, to be fair, every time we've brought someone else in, they seem to do all right. Mm. It's great to see, and probably can't say that for quite a lot of clubs. But um, yeah. yeah, it's great to see Adam Webster back. And yeah, I think it was it was literally this time last year. I think Webster scored a goal against Chelsea. Was it the one all at the Amex? Yeah. Yeah. Jamie Carragher said he was the best ball playing defender in the league, and then he was getting linked with an in call up for the March international yeah. matches. That was it. It was that was brilliant. That was so good, and we just mm. need to get Adam Webster back to that level. But it's yeah. just tough every time because he will get injured eventually. Mm. Yeah, I agree. He's a bit like that Lallana Danny Welbeck situation, isn't he? Really, just class when he plays, but oh, just well don't get to see it enough. It's frustrating. But um, yeah, moving on anyway, because we do need to move on a little bit. But looking into the second half, because I thought when we went in first half, you know, everyone around me, as I say, we we're talking about this. It was just look. If we if we can't not win this game, and it's got to come at some point, and it did to a degree for about six minutes, where Solly March 
finally broke through. I mean, to be fair, as you said, Solly was absolutely fantastic yesterday. Probably one of his best games I've ever seen him play for us. I mean, he was right up for it. To see him having that much emotion in him as well when he scored and, and shushing the Palace fans. I mean, I, th- I think he sort of like, no kicked ask, the corner it? flag as well. Yeah, it's, it was fantastic to see. I mean, it was a sort of Solly um, emotion we don't really get to see probably before. Sorry, imagine having a season ticket in that section, Ryan, because you've had Mope do, you've had Mope do <laughs> yeah. that when we were in the, bl- when, when, we with, the black kit. we got one of them, Ben. <laughs> no, I know, but Mope with the black kit shushing them yeah. in that, that section, and then Mope yeah. with the Hyperturk shushing him. Now Solly yeah. with yeah. the Hyperturk shushing him. They, must, they, they, they get a lot of stick down that corner, don't they? So I carry yeah, on there, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, Solly, no, was, was fantastic. As uh, We could probably go on about him probably for another hour, to be honest with you, because he was all over the place, and maybe because Matoma wasn't so involved and they almost doubled up on him, it gave Solly a lot more sort of oh my God, we forgot about the other guy on the other side. So I think that we sort of saw the best of Solly March yesterday. Cut inside actually had a shot as well, which was very, very close to going in. But the the moment of the probably, <laughs> what, six minutes was it, where Estupinian crossed it in. Ferguson sort of missed it. I think it was a Ferguson anyway. March smashed it in back post. Great finish as well. I think it was with his right foot for a change. Um, <laughs> what, how, how happy were you to see Solly back on form, um, particularly in a big game like this, Adam? Yeah, I mean, it's it's brilliant. I think a few things, uh, you know, uh, it's interesting that we're seeing Solly March as a winger, like getting into those positions in the box. It's a bit like, I remember people talking about it with Raheem Sterling, about how he began to score more chances under um, Pep Guardiola. It's about, you know, coming inside, getting yourself in the box, you know, staying wide when you when the ball's in play and then when the ball comes into the box, make sure you're getting into the box. And that's what Solly March is doing. He He's the example of, I think he is just a confidence player. And Roberto De Zerbi came in. I remember in that first press conference, Roberto De Zerbi made a point of listing Solly March as one of the players that he really likes and yeah. is very important. And I think you see that in the way he plays. Brighton look to him now to, you know, to take on players. They get the ball out to him yesterday. I think, like you say about Matoma being double up, um, double up on, double up on. Um, they double were getting up. the ball out to him. They were looking to Solly March to, to, to make things happen. And in years gone by, I never backed him to, you know, beat a man. Get yeah, that would be a crazy player. thing, wouldn't it? Relying yeah, on Solid yeah. March to be the match winner, whole match. Completely. Yeah. Like, I've always, I've always really liked the bloke, but like I always thought he was a mm. little bit one-dimensional. You know, too left-footed. Never had the confidence to get past the player. But he, yeah, there were times yesterday he looked Matoma-esque. You know, weaving and diving mm. around players, getting into the not making people, not making mm. people. Like it, it, it was, it was proper. It was proper. And I think you know, fair play to him because he, he obviously, you know, he's he's taken the number seven shirt and he's turned it on. Fair play. Yeah. yeah, that was ballsy. I love my kit numbers, but yeah, when he when he took number seven shirt in the summer, I was like, "There's something's happening yeah. here. He's yeah, got to be cooking yeah. something." But he had a good season as well. Yeah, he did. But you're absolutely spot on, Adam. He's such a. He's, you can tell he's a confidence player. And like you said, like Solly of old wouldn't be wouldn't be trying nutmegs against people. Wouldn't be. <laughs> no. Having the confidence to beat people, he would be the the guy that would probably play it safe. But that's not yeah. me saying that he was a poor player back in the past because he always did just work so hard, which is why he would be in the team under every manager we've had since he's been at the club. He has never yeah. really kind of fell out of fell out of love with any managers. Yeah. And that's actually probably the point, wasn't it? It was always he was the one who worked hard and he was the one that could be most improved. And we always felt like we were never really truly seeing that proper potential that we should see from Solly. And I think in the championship you could see it a little bit more, but you'd still be you know, when we got to the Premier League, I think it, we almost thought it's a step too far to it for him. And, you know, yeah. under Chris Shooton particularly, it was starting to look a bit fading away. And then obviously Potter came in, started playing him at left back. And all of a sudden we thought left back was his best position. And then he got injured for such a long time. Whether you think, is this Solly ever going to come back? But, but Roberto De Serbi, as you say, he said, I see this guy as one of the best players in the team. And he yeah. certainly made him into it. And as you, as you say, he's, he, we haven't seen a clinical winger, to be honest, since Knockart, I'd say. Knockout, and, yeah. you know, that's probably the last time we would have been able to say that. But now we've got two in Matoma and March. It's actually quite refreshing. But I don't even know. But yeah, we'll we'll see with Solly for Fulham, because I think that's a whole other conversation, because that's going to be... A very, yeah, very big game, hard. but we'll get onto that in a bit. But anyway, Crystal Palace obviously scored not very long afterwards. I mean, it wasn't even like we lost our heads after we scored oh. even. It wasn't like we were just, um, you know, sometimes you score and, and, and a team comes back into it and you sort of take your foot off the gas a little bit. That wasn't even really the case, to be honest. It was a bit of a cheap free kick. And then from the free kick, as we all know, it sort of gets looped into the air from Elise Sanchez 
goes up for it, misses it, really, drops it, and there's Tompkins to header in from about three yards out. It was probably one of the most FIFA goals you'll ever see. I mean, it was so against the run of play. They literally, I think it was probably one of their first chances of the whole game, to be honest, and it took them that long to have a chance. But for to fall to James Tompkins, something about oh. that to me just just rubs it in even more. I mean, it's one of those that you just can't even write, isn't it? Uh, ben, I'll start with you, mate. What what were you feeling in that moment? No, the way you the way you said James Tompkins, I completely understand just the way you're saying it. It wasn't like an, it wasn't one of their better players. James fucking Tompkins. Scores. It's just it just makes it even harder to take and more embarrassing. It's not. Yeah. It was not like it's fallen to like a good player like Eze or yeah. anyone yeah. else from from Palace, but fucking James Tompkins. But that's all they had, <laughs> just... wasn't it? Just like a, a crap header, and that was. Like, yeah. I mean, they didn't. That was it. That was it. That was yeah. it. But the thing is, that's though, Palace fans will be happy about that because they've got one up against us when they have played yeah. bad. It's not like they've gone mm. home thinking, yeah, "Core Brighton are next level." Maybe they have in their heads, but. They'll be happy because they've got the result. They've got They'll the result against down. us. They'll know. You'll walk that, away. From I that. hope you'll so. Know, you'll just think to yourself, "They're better than us," and you won't like. I hope so. But I really, I really wanted this to be the game where we just set up, just really prove that we are completely next level compared mm. to them. I thought that. I, I was really hoping that was going to be the game where we did. I think that's where the them. frustration is for me. It's like. <sighs> It doesn't matter what I say about how well the clubs run, mm-hmm. how much of a great place we're in, how great the Zerbi's been, how fantastic Tony Bloom's been. At the end of the day, we haven't beaten Crystal Palace in seven games. And I think if you, if you can't beat your rivals, it becomes frustrating. And rightfully so, because we're mm. football fans, right? I'm not sitting here as a real pundit. I'm sitting here as a Brighton fan who's gone home and away for the last decade, right? So it gets to a point where you think, right, at what point do we just say, look, we need to we need to start winning these games seriously because otherwise, you know, there's going to be a time where Crystal Palace change and they're going to get better and and you know that's that's fine and I, I want if anything them to get better and we can have a better, more evenly matched game. No, never. Might even be in our favour. <laughs> but to be honest with you, <clears throat> I, do, I just think that's the biggest frustration for me is that you know we, we looked at Potter as he never beat Palace while he was here and we looked at for the Zerbi and we were saying look this is the guy to to help us yeah. win these games because you know he's played in the Serie A and he's, he's managed in the Serie A and he's been in these big moments and he understands it and I think he actually does and I still believe yeah. that but my, <laughs> it's just frustrating when you lose a, a potential big big win to James Tompkins in that, in that fashion I mean Adam wasn't it just like that typical moment for, for Brighton and Palace it, it was. I think you, you make a good point about the Potter Deserby thing as well, because whilst I say that, you know, I went into this game never really thinking we'd win it, I, I did have a lot more confidence in that. I think Deserby's made us a, a much more clinical, well oiled machine that are ruthless when it comes to beating like teams. Like you see, solid, to be fair. Exactly, like you see with Solly, like we see with beating Bournemouth last week. Like I think he's turned us into something that we weren't before. So I did go into this game thinking, and I was, I remember, you know, as I said earlier, you know, watching it on twenty minutes, thinking, bloody hell, we're, we're doing well here. And I thought we yeah. might just coast through the game. I, there was a part of me was thinking, on oh, my days, we might actually just like batter them here. Um, mm. And you know, I think that is a change that we've seen under Zerbi, to be fair, and that's that's really positive. But. Um, yeah, it's just annoying. I mean, I'm I'm ready to wound myself up to kind of talk about Sanchez, Mm. but I don't know if you guys want to go first and and speak about that. Um, It's tough, isn't it? It's tough. I don't want to slate him. I don't want to slate him and say that's another mistake. But it's but it's what we got. We got to judge what we've seen and talk about what we've seen, and we have seen a mistake from him in a very very key match for the club and the fans, and it's not the first time. And this is why it's difficult to say because I don't want to get on his back, but. He's flapped at the ball, and he's done that many times in the past. Uh, but you know, unfortunately for him, this was a very, very big game where a mistake like that is so costly. Mm. So, I mean, so costly. I'll start this one because, look, with, with with Sanchez, I saw that the club put on about uh, a photo yeah. of him said sort of like, to, to be a bit more comforted. And I, I agree with that because he's still a young a young goalkeeper. You know, I, I know that every Brian fan doesn't want to hear this phrase from any of us, but mistakes will happen, yeah, particularly as, as a goalkeeper, in, as a young goalkeeper. Mm. And, I, and I do agree with, you know, people, I think it was North Stand Chat or someone like that, We Are Brighton maybe, put on saying, um, you know, if this was a centre-forward, you sort of just forgive and forget 
particularly if they make a decent, you know, score or, or you know, goalkeeper makes a decent save afterwards. But it seems like when it's a goalkeeper, you do sort of get that magnifying glass and seem to only yeah. notice the bad moments. Um, but I, I do, I do get the frustration because I, I don't agree with the people that are saying, look, we need to drop him because I think that's just going to do no good whatsoever. For who? <laughs> yeah, Jason Steele, my lord. Um, but I think. Um, yeah, I, I do understand the frustration, Adam. I can tell you, I can tell you've got a burning head right now, wanting to say something. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's tough because for me, it's just I. So I put a tweet out. Um, I'm sure you might have seen, like a couple months yeah, ago, maybe a month ago. I basically just criticised him, and I, I make a point on social media, personally, on Seagull Central, to to never dig out a player. I don't think I've ever done it, and that was probably the closest I've mm. ever come to it. And I thought it was a, a fair criticism, just saying that, you know, I think it's poor and I think these unforced errors are happening a bit too often. Um, and I got absolutely battered. I got completely battered in the comments for that. It was like I'd, it was like, I'd like said the most awful thing ever. Fair <laughs> yeah, enough, I, I, compl- I, complete, I completely stand by it. And, you know, I completely agree. Do you mistakes, remember what mistake it was afterwards? It, it was what? after the, um, it was at Everton. It was, we were 4-0 up and uh, he let it, he oh, the a bit of a mix-up. It was a bit of a mix-up with Estupinian, and it might have been Estupinian's fault, but I think the blame's on... I think Sanchez needed to do a bit better there. And I just tweeted saying, I think... You know, it was just it just annoyed me, because I thought we were 4-0 up. And it was, yeah, uh, anyway. yeah. Or 3-0, I can't remember. Um, anyway. No, it was 4. And, yeah, mistakes happen. And he's a, he's a young player, but I, I think he's too casual when he plays. I think he... Um, I think he has a manner about him where he just doesn't look arsed a lot of the time. He'll he'll take the ball and he'll knock it out. And often, you know, I see people talking about his distribution being quality. I think I saw in the Bournemouth game, like there are a couple oh, of instances yeah. where he was like, he just gave the ball straight to the opposition. And fair enough, nothing came from that. But I just think he's too casual sometimes. Even yesterday after he flapped and let the goal and fair enough, it's a mistake, whatever. He doesn't look bothered. He stands there like he's on drugs or something. Like I, I do. I think I rate that. Though, that he doesn't look bothered. I kind of. He's got. You got to look. I think cool. he's a bit you've too cool. cool. School sometimes. But, but yeah, I, I do get what you mean. Sometimes there's a there's being cool and looking cool and acting like it doesn't bother you, which is good. But then there's also a time when you're probably too cool and too relaxed, where you will yeah. make that that kind of mistake. I think yeah. that's the fine line with him. Maybe. It's, that, it's that balance of taking responsibility and accountability for what you do. I think, you know, it's easy to say because, you know, he is so big for the Zerbi system particularly, which is to hold the ball very deep and then wait for those line yeah. breakers. And, yeah. and, and under Zerbi, the Zerbi, he's actually probably more significant than he was when he was under Potter because, you know, it, it, to have a goalkeeper that composed is really, really helpful. I think that, to be honest with you, I've actually probably been more impressed with Sanchez since he's been under the Zerbi than when he was under yeah, Potter. But naturally, you're going to see more mistakes because of the way we play now which is yeah, you know very 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 dodgy at times but, but that even at the same time, mistakes, so that was it this is what I was about to say yeah, yeah. this time there was no pressure there was nothing on him there there really wasn't I mean there was a couple of people went up for a header but it wasn't really enough to affect him it was just a drop and you know if you you know you see this with De Gea uh, and I know that you know Roy Keane and stuff you know this is your job man you know I think that was one of those moments it was that is your job. You've got to catch that ball every time. Um, and it, it is it is hard to take in the manner that it happened. I think if he gave the ball away, you might be able to just move on a little bit easier because you'd say, look, look, it was, it was just a bad pass and he would admit it and say, look, I can get that out of my head. But I think that will haunt him. I think today, tomorrow, till next week, he'll be thinking about that all week and thinking, yeah, that's my fault. And I think regardless of how cool he plays it, he'll be thinking about that. And I think you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm being too critical of him. I think he is a, a very good young goalkeeper, and the fact he's playing in the Premier League and his rise that he made, and the fact that Potter was confident enough to put him in, it shows he's a. I think he is an absolutely brilliant shot stopper. I think that's mm. that's his yeah. bag. I think shot stopping is what he does so well. But I, th- he just doesn't give me a load of confidence, and I, I, I just, I. I th- I've compared it in my head a little bit to the Neil Morpé situation where I love Neil Morpé. I still love him now and I really want him to do well at Everton. I think he will do well under Dyche. I think he's the perfect Dyche player. But I, I think yeah, fi- get, getting money 15 million quid for Neil Morpé now looks looks bloody brilliant. And we've, we've managed to move mm-hmm. on from him and we've got money in the bank. I just wonder whether the club will be thinking, while his stock's really high... 
if they got a fifty million pound offer for him, for Spurs looking for a new goalkeeper, Man United looking for an old new goalkeeper soon. <coughs> I'm not saying drop him. I'm absolutely not saying drop him because who do you bring in? But maybe at the end of the season, if you get big money offered your way, I think they'd be inclined to to kind of maybe accept it and see and see. Interesting. What I think Mads yeah, made that point, didn't he, a few weeks ago, Ryan? It's all, it, I think it was, it was less. It was less about selling Sanchez. It was more about giving him competition because he doesn't have competition. Yeah. Uh, Jason Steele is, is obviously brilliant for the club, and I imagine he's a really, really key figure in there in the dressing room. But I, I, was, I was about to say the part-time golfer, but that would just be that was only a joke. Okay? Well, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's not a part-time. <laughs> yeah, God of his loves his goal. Fair play. Who doesn't? But he's not good enough to give him competition. That also yeah. adds the element of him being too cool and just. He doesn't have anyone competing for him, so he can kind of just be confident and relaxed about mm. his position. And that I think we do need a backup keeper to give him some competition and give mm. him some fight and think, shit, my place is up for grabs here, instead of just mm. knowing you're going to be playing every single week. I think that there's definitely, like, I, and I always say this because I think we, we put a clip on this of Seagull Social before when we said about in the summer transfer window of, of getting a backup goalkeeper sorry in the January transfer window get a backup goalkeeper and everyone took it as though we were saying to replace him which wasn't the case we were saying no look we need I don't think there's any ever any harm in getting a backup goalkeeper or, or getting someone to compete for a position you know for example with Solly March as a prime example he's absolutely on fire at the moment but there'd be no harm in buying another right winger who can make him play even better because that's the worry isn't it no matter how good Solly is at the moment reality says he has not got too much to replace him with unless Sarmiento comes in but you know he's not going to start every game as he is but with with Sanchez I think you know with Jason Steele I love Jason Steele I think he's a great guy great for the club um, seems yeah. like a top bloke but yeah he's not realistically going to be starting in the Premier League every week and you think if it's not him then Who's it going to be? I mean, I look at Brentford, for example, with David Raya, who's another Spanish goalkeeper. I think he's fantastic. Whenever I see him play, I'm very impressed with him. And probably Sanchez is number two to him, uh, at least in my books, for sort of positions as a goalkeeper in Spain. It makes you wonder, I don't know how old David Raya is, um, but how much of a chance they've given him. He's quite young for a goalkeeper. He's quite young. And they've given him a lot of chances and they've they've stuck with him for a long time. And I think at one point even, he was going through a bit of a dodgy patch too. Um, So it makes you wonder how long, you you know, because you say he takes 50 million in the summer, but with the goalkeeper, realistically, he's probably potentially got another 10 to 15 years of playing. Um, You know, at the top level, he could be playing to these 36, 37, um, because goalkeepers do. You know, that's that's a long time to, you know, potentially take the cash in a summer transfer window when... He's such a, a big prospect, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, true. I was one more last thing on, on Sanchez quickly. I, I just he's the, the, I always see similarities with the young De Gea when he joined United. Lots yeah. of mistakes yeah. when De Gea was literally like he had no muscle in him at all. Fergie sent him on some workout plan and it became really really good. <laughs> Over a summer, he just mm. suddenly put on muscle. And you've yeah. got to remember, like Sanchez is a very young keeper. If he was doing this when he was thirty-two or thirty, then there would be question marks. But I think because he's such a young goalkeeper still. I, I think, think yeah, that, that's agree. where maybe we've got to cut him a bit, got to cut him a bit more slack. And I would, I would be, I would be upset if he went. I think, I think mm. I, no, I, I you, can't think yeah. of a, another goalkeeper if no. if we did have to sell him or bring someone else in. I'd rather keep him. To be fair, I think I, I do agree with that. I, I'm, I want to make it clear. Like, I'm not saying sell him or drop him. Yeah, I'm not saying. Slate Adam I'm in actually, the comments, guys. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's a hater. I'm not. I I'm am joking, not saying that. I'm joking. I'm just saying yeah. within the context of him being worth a bit. Anyway, blah blah. blah. I can't, I can't be asked to stay on this, but I do think yeah. he can definitely become a good goalkeeper. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I think, I just yeah. think he needs to become a bit more commanding. I think he needs to come and take the ball a bit more. I think when he's got the ball at his feet, he needs to just look a bit more in control sometimes. And if I was a defender, I'd just be looking for a bit more of a commanding nature from him. I think we're lucky that we've, we've got people like Carl Rushworth out on loan at the moment. I imagine he, you know, there's maybe an opportunity for him to come in at the start of next season. And maybe that yeah, could yeah. be the number two that we could provide competition with Sanchez for another really good young goalkeeper who's you know tearing up in League One at the moment um, who is also so actually that, going to make a lot of mistakes when he comes in I mean that's also he, worth also, noting yeah, as well yeah to be, so, to be fair yeah but but, yeah. but that could be the number two competition that you know yeah. I don't know mm. 
But yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't give hate to uh, Adam guys or any of us. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I mean, this is one thing that Joe Sayers put on yesterday. It was like, anyway, if there's one thing, just be nice to each other. Just don't don't go and slate each other because I see a lot of Brighton fans giving it to each other on Twitter yesterday, and I yeah. put I put a meme on of like something, and I was just like, I'm staying out of it because I just yeah sometimes just. It gets a little bit much. But anyway, we'll move on. Um, because I re- um, Sorry, yes. Brian, I reckon we um, Adam needs to leave yeah. his hotel soon. So I reckon we just do oh, like some point. sort of conclusion maybe of the match and then... We yeah, I was I was only going to finish it off by saying, because there's a lot of yeah, chances, we obviously spoke about McAllister as it was anyway. Um, so we don't need to touch on him too much. But the way I wanted to say it was at full time, the players looked devastated. I mean, you yeah. see around the faces, um, they looked like they had just completely lost a, a penalty shootout or something. They looked heartbroken which is really reassuring I don't think we probably saw that last year um, you know obviously when we went there and we got this big win and it was uh, sorry this big draw should I say and thought no way you just said big win I could see Capalas man um, but yeah no we, we got that big draw and then everyone was sort of celebrating like we had won the game making t-shirts of why'd you let it bounce which is embarrassing um, but this year, everyone's devastated. Everyone's heartbroken. And Adam, I don't know if you agree, but that that almost shift in mentality of the new and the old, I I think it's so much more, it's so much better to see. It's amazing, and it's it shows. I mean, I guess the context from last year is that we came back to get a draw, so we were probably much more happy with that. And maybe if that had happened again today, yeah. our celebration would have been you know we would have been celebrating as Bit well. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think it does show where we've where we've moved to. I think we're now a team where we do look a lot more clinical. We look a lot more in control of games. I, I back us to beat the lower teams a lot more than I would have in the past. And I think it's you know it's yeah. just really exciting. I think it's a shame with the whole Spurs thing yesterday with them you know dropping points that could have been a good opportunity Spurs, for yeah. us to you know for us to move beyond them. But you know I think we've got a big one coming up against Fulham to be honest. I'm I'm worried about that. I think that's going to be a really 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 tough game. Yeah, I agree. Are we previewing for Fulham by the way, Ben? Yeah, we'll do that. We can do that sometime this week, I think. Yeah, okay, yeah, I was going to say, we well. could. Okay, well, I'll just get Adam's opinion on Fulham anyway before you got head off. Adam, um, Fulham, um, big game. Big, big game, to be honest with you. They're going to be hard. Um, we saw at their place at um, Craven Cottage not so long ago, it was a tough game. They did beat us. How are you feeling ahead of what is going to be a, a big defining game in that sort of top six spot? I think it's. I think I, I'm, I'm really nervous about it, to be honest. Um, mm. I just think I almost fear them because they're kind of one of us as well. I think when we go up against yeah. the big teams, I always think we can like stick it to them, or yeah. you know, the teams down the bottom. I think we have the quality to beat them, but I think you know they're kind of on par with us. A really dynamic, exciting team. You know, good attackers, look strong in midfield. I think it's going to be really tough. I think they could come to the Amex and put on a show. To be honest, I, 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 yeah, that's that's a game I'm I'm kind of really worried about. Yeah, I agree. I'm just looking at the table now, isn't it? Isn't it mad that we're saying about a, a, a game that's defining of us getting into Europe and that sort of thing? It's nuts. <laughs> well, and it's but against we'll, Fulham. Also, we'll talk about top six spots. Yeah, and <laughs> Fulham as well. Jesus Christ, that's crazy. <laughs> and like, we we got two games in hand, to be fair, and looking at the table, uh, level on points at the moment. Um, yeah, that is a huge game, though. I think, and then, to, sorry, to quickly conclude on Palace, I don't know, it's, it's so good seeing us do well off the pitch and that sort of thing, really, really impressing everyone. And I'm not calling Crystal Palace a big brother, but it's almost like that bit where you want to prove to your brother or big brother that you're better. Do you know but what I mean? So like, that big not, brother not being able, over all the years. But, I mean, yeah, but not being able to, to do that on the pitch, yeah. not being able to do that on the pitch is so frustrating when we're doing it everywhere else but everywhere. you just want to you're like quickly look yeah. at me look, I'm, just, I'm better than you but then we never prove it it's so yeah. so frustrating I remember last season when um, when they were at the Amex Steve Parrish was being interviewed on, on the side of the, the pitch of the Amex and he said something like and I remember it stuck with me he said um, you know Brighton have leapfrogged ahead of us in recent years and we've, we've been trying to catch up with them. And I thought to myself, bloody hell, like you're admitting Thank that. Thank God. Like, that's just yeah. nice to hear. But like you say, you want it to translate on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. will. It will at some point. 
Well, yeah. Mar- is it I, March 16th, the reverse fixture now? We got announced yeah, it yesterday. March 16th. Or... Thursday night, isn't Thursday it, right? Thursday night. Such a weird time to have a game. Preparing us um, for next Thursday season. night at the Amex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, at least job. we don't have to wait too long to potentially get revenge um, for what was such a, a big steal. But again, it will be a different game, as we know. And when it comes to the Amex, it's, it's different. But we don't seem to do too well against them at the Amex anyway. Uh, but I think the last time we beat them there was when Andone scored in that 3-1 win, which was back in 2018. So oh, we, we haven't we haven't had much luck against them in recent times. Uh, but I agree with you, Ben. It is like looking at that big brother because they have been over the years. They've always been above us. They've always finished above us. They're in the, in the Premier League or we're in the Championship for about five or six years. So it is like that. In, in League One, the best of the times we were sort of competing and always wanting to be like them. And, you know, that's just how it's been over the years. But still on record we haven't really it's, it's still pretty evenly matched um so i i am gonna be worried for march but anyway adam mate you've been an absolute pleasure to have on i don't yeah, know if exactly. there's anything yeah, thank that you I've so missed. much for having me on guys um if there's anything else any players we've missed out on giving praise to but i don't think there is to be honest with you um Caicedo, but, yeah no brilliant, as usual yeah, yeah Caicedo, fantastic as we know <laughs> um but yeah no adam mate thank you very much for coming on um if you want to plug yourself plug your socials um by all means yeah, thanks. I mean, thank you so much for having me on, guys. Uh, Seagull Central um, on Twitter. Give us a follow. Get on we it. Try and get daily yeah. content out in terms of video and stuff. But yeah, thank you so much, guys. It's been brilliant. Yeah, if no, you don't follow Seagull Central, do because he posts like great videos, great analysis, mm-hmm. talking about the club. Very quick as well, which is so good to see. Yeah. The very reaction, Cheers, which bro. is nice. Thank you. See you on the timeline. Awesome. Cool. Right, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, comments below is uh, the last... Last we need to add. Why'd you let it drop? Are we doing that? <laughs> no, because that's against us, isn't it? We need to we need to have something. Yeah, so you got to laugh. You got to laugh for yourself, though. That's how it, that's how I, I deal know. with pain. You got to laugh. I'm at too yourself. bitter for it. It, it could it be VAR. Yeah, I don't want to look like the Sanchez hater either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go with let's go with. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. Um, um, something about Solly. To be fair, we need to pick up Solly. Um, SM7. So yeah. SM7. <laughs> yeah, quote below SM7 yeah. if you've made it this far. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening, watching, whatever you've been doing uh, on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, everything like that. Keep streaming, subscribe to us if you are new, and obviously follow all of our socials at Seagull Social as well. And we'll see you probably just before Fulham when we do a preview yeah. and also a little special guest that we've got as well coming up this week. Shit. And um, oh, yeah, boy. Yeah, excite me. We actually need to uh, organise a time with them, Ben, because I'm yeah. assistant. They've texted Let's me. Do that. Anyway, Let's do that. cheers, boys, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Peace. Cheers. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.